grab your bulletins, some announcements as we get started. As always, if you're a guest, please fill out this blue side on the tear-off portion in your bulletin. Put it in the offering plate when it goes by, and we will uh, follow up with you on anything you'd like to know about Mechanicsville Baptist. And then on the other side is a place for prayer requests. Uh, on the decision information side, put prayer requests at the bottom and put those in there as well. And we'll pray each Tuesday. On the back are opportunities. Several announcements today, so try to hang with me on all this. Um, this morning, right after worship, this group is invited to go over to the FLC to pack the other half of the shoe boxes. So they are doing that right now. Um, or, yeah, I think the early service is doing half right now, and then this service will do the other half afterwards. So please make your way over to FLC and help out with that. There are... Uh, Shipping information forms, labels in the back, and each one of these is, a, is the $9 donations to put onto the boxes to ship. So I would ask you to read through that, grab one of those on your way out as you head back over and consider giving towards the shipping of the shoe boxes. So thank you for that this day. Uh, tonight, we have Encounter at 5, Youth at 6, Ensemble at 6.15. Uh, this week, some other other things that are really important for us to pray for. Our Nicholsville mission team leaves tomorrow on their mission trip, so pray for them uh, Monday through Friday this week. Tomorrow is our World Day of Prayer as well. So this is a special day where we are hosting this here at Mechanicsville Baptist, and there are two times for you to come together and pray for our nations and for God's glory in the nations. One is tomorrow morning at 10.30 right here in the sanctuary. Everyone is invited. And then if you're not able to be here at 10.30 in the morning, please come back at 7 o'clock tomorrow night for our second opportunity for the World Day of Prayer. So everyone is invited 10.30 tomorrow, 7 o'clock tomorrow evening. Um, Wednesday, we have our full lineup of activities. We do have the Wednesday morning Bible study. I will fill in for Tim while he's in Nicholsville. And then our Wednesday night supper is barbecue. Make sure you sign up for that if you are coming. And then Connect Groups, Awana, Youth. There's a stewardship meeting and choir rehearsal. And then the uh, last couple things. Are the GAs going to do anything today in this service, Sandra? All right, I'll make an announcement for them. The GA shared this in the first service. For the Lamingtons, I said that right. That was the Lamingtons they made, right? The Lamingtons, when, when they sold the Lamingtons for the Alma Hunt offering, their goal, I did not know this at the time, was only $50. And so we met our goal, and the GA shared a big thank you to the church for that. And they actually raised $290, I believe. $290. So give God a big round of applause for that and our GAs. Super blessed to have that money go toward the Alma Hunt offering. Also, um, we have collected... Well over 210 pairs of shoes for Los Humildes in the Dominican Republic. So another round of applause to God for that. So we got kid size here. We've got an adult size and a youth size. But there's 210, and we're going to send those this week to the Dominican, and that will be there on Christmas Eve for them to give out on a special Christmas Eve service they're having in this community. And so everyone in this, in this community is going to have shoes who did not have shoes or had terrible shoes, and it's going to be a blessing. And what we do know about this is they also will be sharing the gospel with each one there. And many of those kids have come to Christ in our years of working with them, and so it's going to be a super blessing as they receive their shoes, which if you know this community, they don't have Christmas. They don't get gifts. There's just not money there. And so for them to each get a pair of shoes is going to be so important, but more important than that, they're going to be encouraged with the love of Christ as they uh, gather together in that special time. So thank you very much as a church, and we're, we're thrilled for that. And some people have asked, if I have shoes, can you still send them? We would love that, but just make sure you turn them in tonight or leave them first thing in the morning in the office, and we'll get them in those uh, boxes we're shipping to the Dominican this week. All right. So... Here's what I will do since uh, we didn't bring them all over. These are representations of our shoes for uh, our, our, uh, that we've collected. So what we're going to do is I'm going to say a prayer of dedicating our shoes 
to the people who will be receiving them. And I want us to think about that. Every child, every teenager, and every adult who receives one of the shoes, we want to be uh, lifting them up as that's a person who is special, created in the image of God, created to know the love of Jesus, and that we're going to pray for them that he would be honored and glorified through this time. So let's pray right now. Father God, we thank you for this church, and we thank you for connecting us with this poor community in the Dominican Republic, Los Humildes. God, those children and those adults and those teenagers are so special, and they have such a, uh, a joy when they hear about your love, Jesus, and when uh, they see hope in the midst of their circumstances. We just, we just know that to you. So God, I thank you for laying on uh, our hearts with your spirit to, to have this special collection of shoes for Christmas. God, we pray that as our church in the Dominican goes there and has this service time, we pray that you would receive all the glory and those who, uh, who are present, who receive these shoes would just understand the joy that you are this Christmas season. So God, we pray for each one. We pray that that's a life that is, is shown that they're important and that they're loved and that you love them so much. So God, I thank you. Uh, we pray uh, that these shoes travel to the Dominican well, get to where they need to get, and that it would be a blessing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. if you had a chance to read in the touchstone but Sally Klein is speaking on the 12th at 10:30 in the John Bryant room for those of you that don't know her she and her husband Paul served as missionaries in Botswana Africa and they're retired but she still is very active in missions and this is her second time she's come to speak to us this is open to anyone who would like to hear her and following our meeting next Tuesday, we are going to take her to lunch at the Pasta House. And for reservations, if you could catch me today or call me and let me know that you'd like to join us for lunch. We'd love to have you. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. And that is next Tuesday? Next Tuesday. Okay. Pasta House is just right down the street, so let her know this day. All right. Uh, we'll have our call to worship. And thank you.
1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you're the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for uh, calling us uh, your people. We thank you for rescuing us uh, from the domain of darkness and giving us uh, your light and be transferred into your kingdom of light. God, we thank you that you have uh, chosen us and you have called us and you have uh, made us into a new creation. And so, God, I pray that the way we live, the way that we serve, and the way that we um, are as your church would uh, be different and that we would be a light to the world around us, and that as they see uh, you in the things that we do, that you would be glorified. So God, in this service this day, we pray that everything we do would reflect upon your goodness and your grace and your mercy and your glory, and that nothing we do would be about us. And so God, we give you this service. We pray that you would have your way with it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Good morning. Let us stand and sing number 453, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. Please stand and sing with us.
the many things that Jesus was preparing his disciples for in the upper room that night came to its climax when he gave them the body and blood symbols as a remembrance to him. To always partake of these elements and remember him and his influence on you and his influence on the world. We are called to be the salt of the earth. Our influence is powerful if we work together for our Lord. And one way we do that is always returning to that place of sacrifice. Recognizing what Jesus did for us gives to us hope to move forward. Hope to continue to be influencers of others in the world. And so on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had broken it and blessed it, he gave it to his disciples and said, For as often as you eat this, remember me. After they had digested the body, they took the cup, the symbol of our Lord and Savior's shed blood. And he said to them, for as often as you drink this, remember me. Paul reminds us that for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Let us stand and sing number 450, Precious Lord, Take My Hand. Please stand and sing with us. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you with thanks. Thanks for the many blessings that you bestow upon us daily. It is now time to ask us to do our part to complete the commission you've placed upon us. We ask you to bless these offerings and blessings and our tithes that they may be used in the dissemination of your word to accomplish what we've all set out to do. As in all blessings, we ask this in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
need to make a couple of announcements. One is uh, the World Day of Prayer program for that night has been canceled. Um, we had nothing to do with that. It was associational uh, cancellation, so it will not be here on Monday night. They will have the day program, but not the night program. Again, we were providing the space. It was not our, our program. It belonged to the association. So keep that in mind. It's been, been uh, canceled. Um, also, um, Beer Williams, one of our longtime members, charter member of uh, West Hill Baptist Church, passed away yesterday morning. And so we uh, send our condolences and prayers to the Williams family. And there will be a memorial service here on the 15th of November, uh, which will be a week from Friday at 11 o'clock, followed by luncheon in the Family Life Center. So you can make your plans uh, according to the, those uh, uh, arrangements, and they are... Uh, finalized. So I wanted to make you aware of that and please be in prayer for the family. Again, Dwight neither, nor I either one had the uh, memo on the thing canceled and uh, Karen came and told me that she had gotten word or a email. So just wanted to let you know that. Uh, we do have, the, if you look on the board outside, you will see an introduction to our missionaries who are in the Alpha House. They arrived there on Thursday so if you'd like to learn something about them, uh, they sent some information related to their work, and you can read it on the uh, board outside, and I'm sure we will be seeing them sometime in the future in worship or on Wednesday night or some other occasion, so uh, keep that in mind. And if you are leaving for Nicholsville tomorrow, will you stand? We had three in the first service. A couple of people are away, but stand if you're going to Nicholsville. There they are. One, two, three four, five in here, right? Yeah, and then we had, um, we have a couple, one's already gone down there. Faye Tony's already down there, and uh, we will join her tomorrow. So be in prayer for these people now that you've got a face to their uh, mission, and uh, we will, we have a bus about, our new bus is about half full of uh, stuff that you donated, and uh, we are grateful for that, and that stuff is used and uh, provides uh, relief for Lots of people in a very impoverished part uh, of Virginia. Uh, also, Dwight uh, talked about the shoes this morning. And after church, uh, you will have the opportunity, if you so choose, to pack half of the shoe boxes with the stuff that has come in all year. So we actually have three ministry projects going on kind of simultaneously here. And uh, that's a praise, I think, to know that we're able to do that. And it fits kind of in with my sermon today on salt and uh, us being the salt of the earth. Let's bow for prayer. Gracious Lord, as we come before you this morning, we find a great deal of hope. For Father, we see that in one another, we are willing to go and to send and to provide. And for this, we are grateful. We pray, Father, again for the shoes and how they will bless lives of people, Father, who have so little when we have so much. We pray that they would be a source of comfort and encouragement to a people, Father, who has great needs. We're thankful, Father, for the shoe boxes. And we're thankful that in a few weeks we can dedicate them as we uh, send them to places around the world. We're thankful for the trip to Nicholsville through our Southwest Ministry Partnership and for the work that we can do together as we help people who are impoverished. We're grateful, Father, that you've called us to be salt and light. You've called us, Father, to be influencers in our community and even in the world. And for this, we are grateful. I pray, Father, that you'll be with those who are ill and who are facing surgeries, for those who are recuperating from surgery, for those, Father, who are dealing with illness, we give them to you and pray that you would bless them, encourage them, love them, and bring healing to their bodies. And for those who have lost loved ones, Father, we lift them to you. We pray for the Williams family. We're so thankful for Vera and for her faithfulness to this church community for so many years. We're grateful, Father, that her faith has been given sight. And we will rejoice with her and grieve for ourselves. 
We pray, Father, that as we open your word this morning, that we might be challenged and that we might grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through, uh, your bulletin says 13, and as I went through it, I decided I wanted to read through verse 16 to get uh, just the, uh, a few more verses with meaning there for us. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The Sermon on the Mount was not given to provide guidelines to an unbelieving world. It was given to provide a description of the character of ideal kingdom citizens. When Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, he was speaking specifically to his disciples, those who were characterized by the virtues set forth in the verses we commonly call the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are not beautiful, pious platitudes. They constitute a vivid description of the characteristics of ideal citizens of the kingdom of God. Jesus delivered what has been labeled the Kingdom Manifesto. Beginning with the Beatitudes, Jesus introduced a new and radical philosophy of relating to the Heavenly Father. Jesus preached about a loving God who loved whosoever, not just religious professionals. Faith was no longer a legalistic code of restricted behavior, but a living covenant that promised blessings. The concepts declared in the Beatitudes still stand in sharp contrast to the dominating world philosophy. Those who possess these spiritual characteristics will provoke a response from others around them. People who are ill-disposed toward God and His way of life will respond with persecution toward sincere followers of Jesus Christ as we see in verses 10 and 11. Ideal kingdom citizens will have a wholesome effect on those who are well disposed toward God by serving as the salt of the earth and the light of the world. In Matthew chapter 5 verses 10 through 16, our Lord describes the negative and the positive responses of the unbelieving world to his disciples. Jesus was a master communicator. He used common experience and objects to communicate great truths about God, about people, and about various roles and responsibilities. Salt was one common yet very significant metaphor Jesus used to describe the nature and function of His church. People living close to the sea could obtain plenty of salt, but people living inland often had to barter for it. Part of a Roman soldier's pay was given to him in salt, and it was called salarium. From this Latin word comes our word salary. Hence, we can understand why salt was considered valuable. Jesus expects his church to function as salt in the earth. Are you like salt? Or have you lost your saltiness. As salt, the church is very valuable. 
The church is valuable to the heart of the Father God and to the living Christ for carrying forward of the work He began during His earthly ministry. As salt, the church is also valuable to the community and to the world. Few people would want to live in a community where the influence of the church was not felt. It would be difficult for those of us in the Western world to fully evaluate the value the people of God have brought into our culture, our government, and our total way of life. We are the salt of the world. We can be influencers for Christ. Our Lord is saying that the Christian who lives according to the Beatitudes is going to influence the world as salt and light. In all that a person does, and that person is or is not, the sum total of our character, consciously or otherwise, affects other people. What we say and what we do does matter. The story is told in mythology of a goddess who came unseen but was always known by the blessings she left in her pathway. Trees blackened by forest fires put forth new leaves as she passed by. In her footprints at the brookside, violets sprang up. The stagnant pool became a spring of sparkling water. The parched fields blossomed as the rose. And every hillside and valley blushed with new life and beauty when she passed. The story is also told of another beautiful princess who was sent as a present to a particular king. About her was an atmosphere as sweet-smelling as the garments of Aphrodite. She seemed as beautiful and as pure as if fresh from a bath of dew. And her breath was a sweet perfume of the richest rose. But strange enough, in the atmosphere that she carried about with her was the contagion of death. From her infancy, this beautiful woman had known no food but poison. She had been reared on it and had become so permeated with it that she herself became the very essence of it. She would breathe her fragrant breath into a swarm of insects and behold, they lie dead at her feet. She would place the loveliest flower upon her bosom and it would fade and fall apart. Into her presence came a hummingbird. It fluttered, paused a moment, shuddered and fell dead. And how like this poison princess is everyone whose influence is a blight, whose influence is a curse upon his fellow human beings. We have a responsibility to be influencers for good in the world. We live in the atmosphere we exhale is richly laden with the fragrance of virtue or with a poisonous perfume that consumes the people around us. As salt, the church is essential to the world's well-being. We all know how important salt is to us, and we know how we feel when the medical personnel tell us to no longer eat salt, right? Because we like salt. We like to put salt on something to make it like it's supposed to taste to us. Salt is an influencer of food, isn't it? It makes sense. Jesus is talking about influence. He's talking about how you and I affect the world. And in the Sermon on the Mount, at this point, he is saying you are characterized by beatitude quality life. You who are the sons and daughters of the kingdom are the salt and light of the world to influence the world for good and for God. Our Lord is calling on us to influence the world we live in just as he was those disciples gathered with him as he preached to the multitude so long ago. So how can we influence it then? How are we to influence the world? How can we be in it and not of it, be sent to it and not love it? The solution comes in the words of Christ. We must be salt and light in order to be effective. It has to be mingled with the substance it is affecting. And yes, salt is distinct from that substance. Light in order to dispel darkness must shine upon the darkness and yet it is distinct from the darkness. Our Lord used this metaphor to describe the church's simple but essential function in the community. Salt performed a number of unique and significant functions. Salt was used as a condiment to add zest to food. When foods, especially vegetables, taste flat and are in need of seasoning, more salt is the remedy. It is also a necessity for the health of the human body in certain degrees. 
the ideal Christian and the ideal congregation will bring a beauty, fragrance, and flavor to the life of the community that will be wholesome and helpful. We have a responsibility to our community right here to be salt. Salt was used as an antiseptic. It was a cleansing agent that served the same function that peroxide or alcohol does today. When the church is functioning as, as it should, it will perform cleansing and antiseptic functions in the community. Salt was used primarily as a preserver from decay. Jesus and his disciples were close to the Sea of Galilee. All about them were the evidences of the fishing industry. When the newly caught fish were not used immediately, the fishermen would salt them or place them in brine to preserve them. When the church is truly the church, it will preserve the moral, spiritual, and cultural life of the community from decline and decay. That's why we're salt. That's why Jesus used that metaphor. Salt is an influencer. Salt was a silent but positive force. Salt does not make a great outward display and does not blow a trumpet concerning its presence. Salt simply and silently performs its function. It is decisive and positive force. Jesus would have his church to be just as positive as salt is. But then he gives us a warning concerning possible calamity. Jesus points out the possibility of salt losing its flavor, its saltiness. When this happens, it is of absolutely no value. It is dumped on the roadway, as the scripture teaches us, where it cannot harm crops and will be crushed by traffic. Jesus used this powerful illustration to warn his disciples against the peril of losing their Christian witness and their Christian influence. We alone are the salt of the earth. There is no other. That's it, just us. And if we lose our saltiness, it's lost. We are the light, that's it, just us, nobody else. If our light is under a bushel, there is no other alternative. John Paul II spoke to a group of teens in March 2000 about the difference between Christianity and modern culture. Modern culture says, blessed are the proud. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Culture says, blessed are the pitiless. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. Culture says, blessed are the devious. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart. Culture says, blessed are those who fight. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Culture says, blessed are the prosecutors. Jesus said, blessed are the persecuted. The Pope was right on target. Jesus' teaching still applies in the 21st century. The truth he proclaimed is not unique because it is ancient. It is special because it possesses divine authority and wisdom. The Beatitudes help us understand what it means to be salt in a culture counter to Christ. Salt could lose its saltiness by isolation. When you separate the crystalline grains of salt from each other, they lose their saltiness. The same is true when disciples of our Lord who separate themselves from the fellowship of believers and walk either in disobedience or in indifference and non-involvement, then the salt has lost its flavor. One grain of salt might make a little bit of a difference, but think of what multiple grains of salt can do. Salt can lose its saltiness by contaminating contact with other substances. If dirt or sawdust or some other substance is mixed with salt, it will lose its saltiness and will be unable to perform its unique function. Believers are thus on guard against letting attitudes and ambitions enter their hearts that would contaminate their lives, destroying their influence and preventing them from being the distinctive followers of Jesus Christ that they were called to be. If we are to retain our true saltiness and perform our true ministry, we must stay close to the attitudes expressed in the Beatitudes and let Jesus be the Lord of our lives. We must make a positive response in the cleansing fire of the Holy Spirit so that He can purge our attitudes and actions that would contaminate our lives and ruin our witness. But what about your influence? What's it like? What happens when you walk by? 
can you and do you make a difference? In Genesis 18, God was at the decision-making point. Verse 23 of Genesis 18 says, Abraham drew near and said, Will you destroy the righteous with the wicked God? He was saying, God, you don't want to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. God, you don't want to wipe out all the righteous people with the wicked. Suppose there are 50 righteous people in the city. Will you destroy and not spare the place for the 50? That would be far from you to do after that manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and, the righteous, and that the righteous should be as the wicked that be far from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, If I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city... I'll spare the place for their sakes. Abraham answered and said, Behold, now I have taken unto me to speak unto the Lord, who am but dust and ashes. Suppose there shall lack five of the fifty righteous. Will you destroy the city for the lack of five? And he said, If I find forty-five, I will not destroy it. He spoke unto him again and said, suppose there are 40. You see, he's moving down the scale now. And he said, I'll do it for 40's sake. What about 30? I'll do it for 30. What about 20? I'll do it for 20. Oh, Lord, please don't be angry. 10, he said, I'll not destroy it for 10. But the city was destroyed. You want to know something, though? Just 10 righteous people. 10 could have spared the entire population. And they couldn't be found. The organ played a little tune there. Did you hear it? Putting a lump of salt on your tongue will intensify your thirst for water. Being a genuine follower of Jesus Christ will cause your life to function as the salt that creates thirst for the living water found only in Jesus Christ. Salt performs many functions, but it does not have the power to give new life. Only Jesus Christ can do that. The Holy Spirit will use the witness of those who are the salt of the earth to create a thirst in the hearts of unbelievers to know the Savior. Apart from His church, <coughs> excuse me, our Lord has no program by which the service that we are intended to render can be accomplished. Because you are the salt of the earth. Remember that little tricky game they used to play in the lunchroom or the cafeteria where they would loosen the top to the salt. And when it was your turn to sprinkle the salt, the whole thing spilled out on you. Well, you see, that's not what we're supposed to do. That's overwhelming. That's why the salt is spread evenly so that what you can accomplish where you are may not be the same thing I can accomplish where I am. But working together, we can bring all people to the Lord. You see, we are the salt of the earth. And in the, what I told them in the first service, I tell you in the second, let's get shaking. Shall we pray? Father, we rejoice in knowing that our Lord cared enough about His creation to call us out to be different, to be an influence in the world, to be salt and light. And so I pray, Father, that our hearts would be touched in such a way that we could be just that. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our hymn of invitation is number 544, Have Thine Own Way, Lord. Anyone here who has never given their life to Jesus Christ has the opportunity now to do so. Become different. Become what Jesus calls you to be. And if you know that you have lost your saltiness, give yourself to the Lord again so that you too can be the salt of the earth. Will you stand as we sing hymn number 544?
Thank you for being here this morning. This is the first Sunday of the month, so it's uh, the Sunday for benevolence offering. There will be deacons at the door to receive your benevolence offering. Uh, remember, half of that goes to MSEF, and the other half stays here to help people in need that we come into contact with here in our church. So uh, keep that in mind as you think about your gift. Um, there are several things. One, remind, them, remind you to go over to the uh, pack boxes. They'll be looking for you. I don't know how many they got packed uh, during this service, but those who were in the first service were packing boxes, uh, we think. I went over there, so I don't know. But um, anyway, keep that in mind uh, as well. Uh, also, I'm going to Nicholsville tomorrow. We'll return on Friday. We'll not be with you next Sunday because I have been asked uh, by the Grand Master of the Grand Lodge of Virginia to be the chaplain uh, for the coming year. Uh, of the Grand Lodge. So uh, I will go uh, next weekend for uh, those events at the Hilton in the West End, uh, just so that you know that if you see me out, <laughs> I, I won't be here, but I'll be there on Saturday uh, through Sunday. Dwight will be speaking next Sunday. He will lead on Wednesday morning, um, this week and next week, because I have somewhere else I've got to go to, and I'll explain that to you in a minute too. Uh, uh, we will not have Wednesday evening uh, prayer service this Wednesday, but we will have it the following Wednesday because I'll be back. On Monday of next week, I have to leave to go to Roanoke for the Baptist Association of Virginia annual meeting because I uh, chair one of the committees and have to be there to give a report. Uh, so I will be out uh, part uh, Monday. I'll be here part of the day Monday uh, and then out Tuesday and back Wednesday. Dwight is here. He'll take care of the needs that you have. Um, I can be reached on and off in Nicholsville. It depends on where we are at the time. But uh, just wanted to make sure that you understood uh, what was going on. Uh, I'm not vacationing. Let me say that. I, I've got things that are going on that I need to do, and it just all seemed to come up the same week and a half. So anyway, let's bow for a benediction. Gracious Lord, as we depart on a day given to us by you, help us to pick up the challenge to be salt and to be light in a world that desperately needs a Savior. Thank you for your grace and for your mercy shown to each of us and your love that sustains us every day. 
Thank you for the hope that is ours through Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray.